Hello, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately, things we think can relate to you and your one only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by co-host of the podcast, and I think he's going to add that to the bottom of his email. We talked about that last week. You asked if you could put I that did. in there. I did. Yeah. I started by putting it on my Twitter. I, you did? In my Twitter bio. It's there now. Yeah, oh. it's a podcaster. Pretty neat. You yeah, guys should yeah. follow yeah. Brett Nicholson. I don't know. I felt like I was stepping out into really edgy territory. <laughs> really checking that. it out. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Brett Nicholson, uh, also lead pastor of One Life Church. But yeah, guys, we, um, we've been in a series called... Uh, racism, listening and learning. And we had, um, let's see, seven different people come on our podcast and we just got to sit and listen and learn in um, a pretty interesting time in our culture and our history. And um, we we don't want to just take this and be something where we just talk about it and we move on. We want to take it from empathy to advocacy, which was one of my favorite takeaways from all of the talks that we had. Absolutely. From, from I wrote that one down so. too, looking back on them all. Yeah. And that was, yeah. So what we want to do with this episode is just kind of talk about some of the things that we've learned and, and continually to share. I had a few people email in some of the things that they learned and uh, we'll share some of those as well. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we'll just start there. <laughs> um, right. And I, I, what I want to start with is just kind of go through um, a little bit of, of each episode and then I kind of want to go through first and just talk about the people that we had on and we can go back through each one. So we start out um, learning from one of your friends, Brett, Keith Patterson. Yes. And you and Keith had actually been having conversation for a while. I mean, I feel like. Yeah, we had, uh, you know, just refresh the story a little bit. I, I, I truly did. We were going to a, a pastor, a pastor's retreat from around the city. And, and I was just kind of praying about my own role. And I remember kind of thinking that the Holy Spirit said racial reconciliation, which hadn't been on my radar much. And, um, and so I thought, well, maybe that is the Lord. You never can tell. And I met Keith that day and started that conversation. It was back last October. It was October 2019. And, uh, and we, we touched base here and there. I went out to lunch and did all that. And then, and then uh, the Ahmaud Arbery uh, incident happened. And then it just kind of went from there with all that's gone on during the summer. And so I took that as kind of a confirmation that the uh, Lord was up to something, especially with what's happened ever since then and, and the friends I've made and relationships I've been able to get into. So, Yeah, and I know Keith was kind of part of helping us connect with some people in our communities. Yes, yes. And, I consider um, him like a co-producer of this. Yeah, and he also was part of one of our conversations um, at our church on Sunday morning, which um, really kind of continues some of the conversation from the podcast. So um, you can find those episode 82 and 83. If you haven't listened to those, that's where this starts. And then we actually turned that into, we called a series, which we talked about racism, listening, and learning um, on episode 84. And we met LaVon Dozier. And LaVon, um, for me... Um, I don't know, it just was, it hit the perfect timing because for all of these people, except for Keith, I know you had met Keith before. I hadn't met any of them. Right. Um, and so it was a lot of like just learning right when they walked in of who they were. And s- some of that's fun for me. I love getting to know people and, and finding ways to make them feel comfortable because we are in kind of a studio setting and yeah. there's some lights on and we turned on cameras and some of them didn't know we were going to be doing that, which is a, a you know something that we, we want to continue just helping people understand what this is going to look like. But as soon as I sit down, you want to just get to know them. And yeah. I thought that was really fun for me, kind of trying to find things that we, uh, uh, LaVon and I talked about playing video games, playing uh, NBA. That's 2K. right, you did. Yep. And I felt like the third wheel. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I haven't done that since the 90s, I don't think. <laughs> um, but anything with LaVon, like I said, the, the thing that stuck out for me, um, because I think in that first, those first few weeks, is because we saw... Um, the death of George Floyd really sparked a lot of the conversations that were happening um, nationally. And and we, for me, I kept having this feeling of like, what what can I do? Right. And I kept having this feeling of where almost like I would just get emotional. I would, I would kind of just get teary eyed thinking about 
just the 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 complete divide that we were seeing and when um uh Levon said we need to move from empathy to advocacy I was like boom like that was it because I was sitting in this this space of empathy like I could empathize what was going on but I wasn't doing anything with advocacy and I was glad that honestly I feel like our podcast was hopefully part of advocacy yeah, I, I think I, I think that's exactly right. He uh, kind of gave the best defining line uh, of anyone, except for maybe Lavaris, who said racism is stupid. That's the one that got quoted back yes, to me the most. Yes, we'll talk yes. about him in just a minute. But uh, but yeah, Levon really had just a super intelligent, really gracious way to approach it all, and 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 then he defined the the advocacy thing, what that looks like, and learning about the history, and. Um, and searching your own heart, and and he was able to put some theological underpinnings on it that were really really helpful and kind of frame up our thinking because there's a lot of talk about it that uh, I think it's one of the biggest challenges that I know I face and I think a number of us do is there's so much talk about it now you're kind of trying to sort out what's what's useful what's not what's helpful what's not and and he was very good at at at, at you know just kind of summing it up in a lot of ways I, and so I thought I hope that was helpful to people. Yeah, we had someone write in um, to the podcast, and again, even though we're recording this episode now, you can always still share with us at podcast at onelifechurch.org, um, and you can also watch any of these episodes on the One Life app or the YouTube channel, just church, search One Life Church, uh, and you can find those as well. But somebody wrote about Levon, they said, um, early on, Levon shared, uh, how, I, how can I stop noticing and empathizing and begin to actively advocate? Where can I develop deeper relationships, become further educated and join my black friends in pursuit of sincere reconciliation? How can I be a person who values people above all else like Jesus did? And how can I play a small part in being the generation that ends this discrepancy in race relations? Oh, that was pretty good. That's a great, yeah, that's a great summer. I'm glad people are actually thinking that seriously about it. And and I know he helped me, but he said, first of all, educate yourself on what's, you know, he was very, he commended our country a lot. And, uh, but also he said, you need to know the flip side. You need to know the darker things that have happened because it does help you to give a better perspective on what uh, people of color have struggled with that uh, sometimes it's even for us uh uh, on the other side of that to dismiss or whatever. So I, I, I took up the challenge. I read, um, and I highly recommend this, by the way, Autobiography of Frederick Douglass. Uh, it's, a, it's a fairly fast, easy read, but that was kind of partially off of Levon's challenge to, mm-hmm. to understand it. So I thought it was a great place to start. And, I, and uh, it's about his experience, an autobiography of his experience in slavery and his subsequent escape. And, and uh, he said some grandiose things about the, the notion of freedom in the United States. And he says some blistering things about where it doesn't take place. And even the Christian side of it, because he was rebuked for that. You make it sound like you're not a Christian. He said, I absolutely am. But a lot of you people are not acting very Christian. Mm. And, and his critique is is good to read. It's it's a good jarring thing. But it's also hopeful. I mean, he's not, uh, he's not really even out to put anything down. Uh, or put anyone down ultimately, um, but so that was that was a great challenge, and it kind of helped. Um, it can help you add some perspective to the conversation. It goes back a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was thinking, you know, even about um, moving on into the next week. Then we talked to Michael Posey, and Michael was was so like. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it was just great because he was very direct and matter of fact. And he kept saying, he's like, does that help? You know, like he kind of, right. you can tell he definitely has been in these conversations um, for a while and, oh, yeah. and being able to, to share some things about that. And I remember him talking kind of directly about um, if you say that you are a multiracial church and you say, well, there's, you know, this group or that group, he's like, but if you go to your website and um, 
what's it look like? And honestly, that was a little convicting for me. I mean, thinking about, right. you know, I, I manage our website. <laughs> and I was you like, manage our website, yeah. <laughs> and looking at that and it's like, okay, wow. Like that is a conversation. And it's not ever been something, um, you know, that we've really talked a ton about. It's always, we, we right. have always hired people, um, you know, we'd say based upon, you know, the best fit for the organization and the job. Yeah, that's, that's true. And it was, and, and that was one of my overarching takeaways, not only from Michael, but, but from others, uh, was the intentionality thing. And that's what I've learned in the course of this, because I've got to know Michael a lot better since then and, uh, and have some regular time, uh, where we connect and we're, and, and Michael, what's, what's interesting about him is he's become a leader in our community in that question because he did, uh, lead and does lead a multiracial church. He led one in Chicago and then he's, uh, he's leading one here. And so he is a lot of insight that just uh, many people don't uh, because uh, you know just that experience and so that challenge remained but he, he said he said a few times on different occasions he said what I know though is that I, I never approach it like whenever white people walk in the room I don't start attacking what they've done wrong mm-hmm. and he said otherwise you're not going to get much of a hearing he said I, I want them to understand you know where where others are coming from and that's always been that's why it's very easy and everybody has been everybody's been super approachable and that was one of my other takeaways it was uh, people were very goodwill good-hearted good-humored about things even it was it was very refreshing yeah because I think a lot of us um even you know, regardless if this is the first time you've really started exploring the history of our country or maybe even um, maybe the current um, different areas besides just where you're at, because I think that's something that's been interesting for me of seeing, of hearing some people that had lived other places. Um, a lot of people that yeah. we've talked to grew up other places and had different experiences, but then came to our area and either had similar or less or sometimes more experiences. Right. And I just thought that was really interesting because um, I think it's really easy for us, you know, maybe here in the Midwest to think, oh, well, that doesn't happen here. Um, yep. And I remember, um, you know, the first week, uh, Keith talking about running down Green River Road and having someone yell racial slurs at him. And it just like, that one still breaks my heart thinking like, right. that's, that's our area. That's our home. Like, and you don't want to think that that's happening here. Yeah. And it's, and it's easy to, to think that it doesn't happen. Cause one of the things LaVon said was just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. And, and I think we were both in that place yeah. where when Keith relayed that story, I've told him again since then, like it felt like, gosh, we're not in the 1950s in Mississippi here. Yeah. I mean, it's this, and, and it's easy to dismiss. And then also it's helped to kind of you with each person that we talk to, one of the main questions we would ask, one of the first questions we would ask is, "Tell us about your experience of racism." And they could tell a story that anybody would chalk it up to. You know, our culture right now is going through a lot of, well, what is racism versus what's not, and is it when I eat certain foods or if I if if I take a certain outlook? It's no these these cases were actual real things that anybody would say, yeah, that was absolute, just full-on racism uh, that was unmistakable, and it does happen, and each one had a story. Yeah. Um, yeah, the next week we, we got to talk to Lavaris Giles, and Lavaris was, was just fun to hang out with. Right. Um, he, he's been around um, our church for a little bit, being one of the, um, the officers that is at one of our campuses on a Sunday morning, and um, very, very, um, very, willing to join us, which I thought was great. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, definitely a different perspective. And like you said, one of the best things that he said, was like, racism is dumb. Like, yeah, it's right. Yeah, I mean, it. People have quoted that back to me quite a bit and they quote it back to him when he comes into our, our lobby. And he was really interesting because 
I was able to talk to him when the George Floyd thing had just broken. I mean, it was like the Sunday that everybody was kind of talking about it and thinking about it. And it was the conversation and he happened to be there that day. And so I risked saying, Hey, what do you think? You know? And, and, and he was super gracious about, because it was so interesting hearing from someone, not only a person of color, but also someone who's a police officer. And so he had a very interesting angle on all that. And I would highly encourage everybody to go back and listen, because if you didn't get to hear it, because he also gives insight into what police officers deal with. And, and, and then on that issue added to it, it was very, uh, it, it just widened our perspective. It did me uh, just to kind of remember there's, that empathy needs to go kind of both directions. Uh, there is racism that happens, but police officers deal with some really, really tough things just as a normal part of life. Yeah, and he kept saying he just loves talking to people. Like, and he kept talking yeah. about different people, you know, that want to yell things. And he's like, I don't care, man, say whatever you want to say. Like, I'm here to help you, like, regardless yeah. of what you say to me. And um, just a great perspective to have that I think all of us are trying to figure out how can we have more of that you know like how can we oh, have yeah, more of yeah. that here and um great example of someone who yeah it's what a great perspective I don't know if any of us could be that way so it's strong in that sense that okay yeah, unload on me and I'll let you get it out of your system and then we'll have a real conversation and I thought that's that's a it's a risky way to be but it's uh it's 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 great stuff I also really want to have him come back and just talk about some of his NFL stuff because I thought that was yes. fascinating. It, uh, you better believe it. Yeah. Um, if you don't know that about me, I love sports yeah. and specifically. And so when someone's talking about their experience, like I want to know more because it's you know it's really cool to hear just what that looks like. Cause yeah, because what we, like. what little we did was like wow, I really didn't know that's exactly how the NFL operated. And and so yeah, we need to can we do a series like just called the NFL series? And it's all Lavaris. He's the only yeah just Lavaris. person I yeah. know. Uh, personally that's um played on that level so yeah I think that'd be too. good enough yeah, yeah. That'd be great stuff um the week after that episode 87 we got to meet and, and learn from Lori Sutton and I thought Lori's perspective on bringing something completely different than what we had talked about or thought about at that point was the workplace and like yeah. that's what she does and she's been a part of of teams at large organizations that talk about um inclusivity and diversity in, in the workplace. And I, I just, I think even in my head, like, what did I learn that, that that's something that people are actively thinking about? And I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. And it goes back to, I think, a, a key takeaway for me from everybody and, and hers, it, it was kind of the, uh, the, the icing on the cake with this was the intentionality. And, and, and a lot of it wasn't only just to like, we, we can think in terms, I think sometimes of quotas, do we have a person of color in this role or that role? It's not really that it's more, being interested in people's and, and, and knowing their perspective. And that was her challenge. Like, okay, you're having someone who has a different cultural background and, but that would be good for your team and think of it that way uh, because that can add a lot to uh, the depth of an organization and its progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me read. I had someone else write something in. Um, let's see. Someone who, who wrote in uh, just saying that they appreciated the podcast, uh, being able to have the conversations and said a lot of the examples your guests gave were in the past, thankfully, but I suppose not all of them. My growing up years were in the Newburgh area where I think we were pretty sheltered and oblivious to the real world. In fact, we had a very few black students in our high school and they were treated more like celebrities than outcasts. Interesting how where you grew up really matters to this. So during all this uh, attention on racism, I've learned that much that I was not aware how bad things 
uh, how bad it is in some cases. And I will say that I believe we have come a long way during the last 100 years. I'm grateful for that progress. I've heard of a lot of people express that too and how we need to just keep striving for more progress, not by hating and destroying. Wow, that's a. I'm I'm glad people are listening on that level. That's yeah. that's a, that's great. It, almost beyond my expectations as far as all that goes. Uh, but but I what I also loved about Lori was that uh, she brought that kind of depth. Obviously, super intelligent and uh, had and dealing with these things throughout a, a professional career and and just helping other you know smart and educated people navigate some uh, some tricky waters with a lot of grace again I was I was so impressed by uh, her intelligence and everybody and, and just their their graciousness and willingness to talk through these things and that's half the lesson is that people are willing to do that yeah and I, I remember you asked Laura you know what are some blind spots you know that maybe we don't mm-hmm. see um, and I remember I can't remember all of the ones that she said but I just remember thinking that yeah like they're like even processing that, even when you're just thinking of an organization specifically or in your business, like what are the blind spots? And if you don't have someone who's processing that for you, you're probably going to miss them. I mean, you really are. Yeah. And um, it's been really, really, I don't know, there's just so many things that I keep thinking about on those levels that um, I hadn't thought of before. And, and for me personally, um, some of the things that I, I have done to, to learn on my own, I just finished a book. Um, it's called I'm Still Here by Austin Channing Brown. Um right. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's actually a short book. I'm not a, a huge reader. Um, it was only, but I do a lot of listening. <laughs> that always helps, though. The Frederick Douglass book, by the way, is short, too. Yeah, um, and it was really good because she comes from a faith perspective as well, um, but her experience working there and hearing some of that and um, and, and thinking of the workplace environment was, was really fascinating for me, and then um, some films that I've watched to really think about the history that maybe I hadn't known before, and I, right. I think about the workplace environment. Wow, like, think about the differences that you see in the last, you know, 50 years, you know, compared to, to now. So, um, yeah. And the, the week after that, we, we got to meet Dean Hall and, uh, Dean, Dean was just a lot of fun to have in here as well. I mean, just being able to, he, he's this guy that knows a lot of people. Um, and definitely he's like, you know them, <laughs> I'm right? Starting that to think he knows nearly everyone, at least in this area. Uh, every time a name came up and that was his, that's his, and he still says that to me all the time. Don't you know so-and-so? Don't you know so-and-so? So no, I don't guess I do, but yeah. And I mean, I think about him, like really taking that idea of empathy to advocacy and saying, let's create spaces um, where um, people from the community, you know, whether they are trying to get into art or trying to get into sports, you know, or uh, I believe there was a, a boxer and they have the boxing gym yeah. um, at their uh, location downtown and really trying to pull that together and say, we want to give um, our black community a space to feel like that they can show what they're doing as well. Yeah, he he's and I, and I I can't say enough good about Dean. I I talked to him today. He called me kind of out of nowhere, and and he he first of all he has the best laugh I think of anybody I know yeah. at this point. He really really does. And he called me, and he was he was saying he was saying stuff about how he wants to turn me into more of a black preacher, and he was giving me these lines about what I could do. And and he's that way. I mean, he's very out front about these things, makes a lot of jokes about them, and. But he's also very, very serious-minded, and we've had a lot of discussions, and we're working on some um, uh, some projects about how we can uh, greater impact the community uh, in this area because he's got a heart for that, and especially sports and music, uh, which is his background along with everything else. And uh, so it's it's just refreshing to know a guy like Dean is out there uh, that has a super big heart for just loving God and loving people, and but wanting to see this. 
wanting to see us make progress in this area and has a lot of ideas to do that. And I think you're going to see, if you're especially if you're One Life, you're going to see more of Dean in the future uh, because he, he is. He's becoming just a good friend. That's great. And, yeah, the Annex was the name of yes, – Yes, the Annex, yeah. Um, yeah, of the part the, of the area downtown that he's been a part of helping create and helping manage, and um, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. Um, and then our, our last episode, which was a few weeks back now, um, was with Joy and Travis Howard, and I think there's so many things that hearing from Joy and Travis was really helpful for me, um, personally, as I'm learning, because I've heard a lot of people, and I asked Joy this specifically because um, her experience was, was different growing up, um, to where she was now. And she said she grew up in an area that would consider themselves colorblind. And I've heard people use that term a lot. And I really wanted to have someone else just talk about it a little bit. Um, because people say, well, I'm colorblind. And, and I said, you still see yourself that way. And she said, absolutely not. And I think a lot of the why behind that, you can go back and listen to episode 89 uh, of her talking about it. She does a much better job than I will, but talking about how you're not, um, uh, you're not allowing those experiences to be real when you're saying that, that you're not seeing something that someone has been through when you say, well, I don't see who you are. You know, I'm not, not right. acknowledging that. And I think that's different. That's language that I've never thought of. And I, I think that's important. So, yeah, it, it is. It was, you know, she, she realized that she had to, because you're not even talking about color as much as you are culture in, in a lot of ways, just different backgrounds and different, uh, and that it's easy to overlook. It's easy to think of my own experience growing up as, as normal. That's uh, I, I did. And I had what I, would label as a normal childhood middle class family in a small town in Illinois and Indiana and uh, and then but there really is another place where people grow up with very different experiences and um, and and I think that's where colorblind doesn't quite catch it because you do have to keep in mind that as people grew up in cultures and they did have experiences where and that was one of the things that I on the language and Keith kind of helped me with this as well he said you know all privilege means is your race did not play a, a negative role in your life, whereas in mine it did, in however large or however small. And that's that's kind of where the the colorblind language doesn't quite capture where you ought to where you ought to be. Um, I also super enjoyed her husband Travis. Uh, he was a, he was we need to have him back on just as a motivational speaker. Oh, I think. absolutely! <laughs> like, that's how I came away with it, as, and I loved his story of being uh, you know pulled aside by a school principal and mentored up, and that's why he's does what he does today. And that's in our community. There's someone that's proactively walking around thinking, how can I impact children in a positive way as a principal, and went into that career, which is very difficult to do, by the way. Yeah, and their story together is is fascinating of how they. Um you know, someone said that, oh, you should, you shouldn't be together. And so they kind of both walked away for years, got back together and get married, have kids now. Um, she's uh, continuing to learn um, in, in a collegiate level, you know, continue to learn of talking about um, inclusivity and diversity. And it was incredible. I mean, there's right. these things that are just, that are happening right here in our communities. And I think honestly, for me from the podcast that I, I continue to love, and I say this all the time, but I just love hearing people's stories, you know, being able yep. to be a part of letting them tell them um, and try to find out more. And so I think for me, if I could say, you know, what are some of the biggest things? One, um, there's still things in my life that like it or not are racist and I want to ha kind of have those shown so I can work on those um, and I don't want them there. Um, yep. And they're not in the sense of like I'm going out and, and what I would consider angry, but man, there's things that you don't even realize that are there because they've just been cultural. Um, they've been that way yep. and I don't, I don't want that. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that we're having enough conversations and learning from other people that, um, that we can see those. And so for me, I just want to keep hearing more stories and learning from other people. 
Yeah, it, it was that was my big takeaway because we we did ask one of the questions if you have a pri- primarily uh, white audience, what would you say? And and most were about intentionality and just having the conversation, and that's what that's what helped me more than anything. Now that I've gotten to be in rooms where this it's open topic and. Uh, I really do believe the way I summed it up was there in our community. And I I am just talking about in the tri-state area, there are people of goodwill. There are people of good humor and people who want to have good conversations that really can change this thing. If you, if you intentionally did more of that, you could make just piles of progress because that's what it comes down to in the end, because you're just listening to people, but that's what we set out to do. And so uh, we all have those markers in our life, but when you're dealing with people who are mature and solid like that, uh, they make it easy to to make progress in those areas. Yeah. So I guess really we'd love to continue to hear what you guys are, are learning or have learned or whether it's from the podcast or from anything that you've been studying. And we don't want this to just be something that happened for seven weeks and we never talk about it again. Um, I, I believe that these are things that we've been working on as a, as a yeah. community and a church for a while. And we want that to still be part um, of the DNA that's going through here. We have, and I, and I want to let uh, One Lifers know, I, I was very encouraged by being kind of on-ramp to this by the Lord before it came up as a national conversation. And Michael Posey, I was in a, I was in a, um, a, a prayer group with him, and I remember him saying when the George Floyd thing was the conversation, he said, there's, there's coming a day when the headlines are going to fade. What are we going to do then? And so we have, there's a group of us that have intentionally said, we're going to keep the conversation going. And uh, just met with, and some that were on the podcast were still intentionally getting together, joining and thinking, okay, how can we continue to make progress in this area now that the headlines have changed? And that is going on. I, I can, and, and through this whole adventure, made a lot of uh, uh, new good friends. And so we're going to see some, we'll see some fun things uh, that I think we're, we're working proactively towards it. So everybody needs to know that. All right, Brad, I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, good. You excited? I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, two things I was just thinking of that I think, you know, we're having this conversation and if this is, you know, something we don't want to do, we can always edit it out. Um, <laughs> That's right. But no, there were, two things came up. Well, actually three. One, I was really encouraged to hear uh, a friend of ours in Henderson said that they were really thankful that One Life, and I'm not trying to say that we've done anything great because we really are just having a conversation and it's not about us. It's about the people we're getting to talk to and their stories. But they were very thankful that it wasn't just a – we had one message about it, and then we stopped talking about it. But this is something we've, we've continued the conversation on because it is something that's co- continually important. But I did also get some feedback um, the week that we had Keith on the platform, and someone was like, you know, I don't think we should be using our Sunday morning platform for this kind of conversation. Right. How would you respond to that? Because for me, like, my first reaction is, is I kind of want to get angry of, like, really? Like, where else would yeah. you want to have this conversation? The right. church should be <laughs> good, yeah. forefront in this yeah. conversation um, and learning from someone who, one, loves Jesus and wants to continue reconciliation. How do you respond to that? Well, I, I uh, yeah, I might have got angry. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I saw a little bit of that was out there. And I, 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 I do empathize with some people are just coming from, well, is this really something that, because it didn't fit the mold of, we didn't, you know, just open up the Bible and preach through it. Uh, But on the other hand, you said it, well, where else would you have it? And we can either leave that conversation to what's going on on other podcasts or on talk shows or whatever, or in books, um, or we can have it in a different framework. And I and I, and I wouldn't do this. Very, I haven't done it very often at all. Um, uh, but if it's that important of a subject 
And it really truly is. It's okay to frame it within the church context because I think it gives it a better frame than any other place, especially when you have that in common. And that's what I learned from from friends like Keith and Dean and and Michael and these believing people as pastors. They they um, they want to do that. So for me, it was appropriate to that place and that time for that reason. And uh, and also when you read Jesus' life you read about him having conversations with people. That's part of the text. You know, you, you, these, it'll say Jesus was at this, um, this dinner at a Pharisee's house and they had this conversation. So some of it's, it's also, it's fair game to say you can get something out of a conversation that you're studying. So, yeah. And you know, I mean, reconciliation is the whole idea, you know, of the gospel, exactly, right? Yeah. I mean, and understanding on display. And sure. I know that in, in here, one of our values is we evaluate everything for continual improvement. And we evaluated uh, the way that we recorded that conversation with Keith. And I think we would have done some things a little bit differently, probably right. would have set it up. But um, in the moment, we just kind of wanted to have a conversation and it kind of became what it was. Um, the last thing again, um, and this is kind of on the spot, but I, I see a lot of people um, quickly shifting the conversation to something else going on or trying to, to see some of the things that people have done in response to and want to argue with that. Um, and not that I'm one way or the other on that, but what I'm thinking of is in the sense of what I've seen, and I've had a, some really great conversations with friends on both sides that are saying, but what we're all doing is getting away from the main conversation, right? I mean, the main type of, of how can we get back to talking about understanding, listening and learning and, and, right. um, and helping make racism something that is in the past. Um, how do, how do we as the church do that to continue to have the conversation, but not get so focused on all these other things that are happening? Yeah. Um, th- that's, that's real tricky. The, the, the reason I, uh, one of the things that we did was, and, and I did intentionally was on Sunday mornings, the primary goal, I, I keep saying it to the point where I'm sure people like Sarah are tired of hearing it is, is, you know, we, we are fixing our eyes on Jesus quite literally because things are so tumultuous right now. But I wanted that to be the main topic and it still is and keep making that the main topic. And and while you're pounding that, and if you, if you get enough center of gravity with that, it should give you the freedom and guidance and framework to address the other issues as they come along. I don't want because it would be very easy because I've, because I felt called to this whole reconciliation thing, I've been immersing myself in all kinds of books and friendships and, and I've been like trying to give myself a graduate study uh, education on the whole thing. And it would be very easy to make that the topic, but we have to keep coming back and, and keep Jesus as the focus and talk about what that means. But st- it's like you're standing on that foundation and that gives you the ability to reach for the other topics as they come by because there's lots of other topics that are addressed in the Bible. They address, uh, they had the issues between uh, slaves and their masters back in those days. They had, you know, the, the former Jews and the, the Gentiles. They had these relational upheavals that they were having to coach people through the group that I'm a part of with Michael we've looked we're looking we're using the text of um, the early church dealing with Gentiles were becoming Christians but weren't becoming Jews and that was a huge controversy and so we're using how the apostles dealt with that to kind of figure out okay we've got a similar thing I mean how do you handle these things so that's a reality of of the book of Acts it's it's part of the New Testament world and so I feel safe in dealing with it. We just have our own version of the very same things that they dealt with. Sure. 
I don't know if I asked a good question there or not, but I've just been thinking about that. Like, how does the church continue to have... Well, the fact that you didn't say like, amen, that's amazing, Brett. Probably, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just blame it on the I'll question that, that you asked. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're going to work with it. Right. But no, I've been thinking about that because it's very easy to respond to the things that we're seeing happening out of racial reconciliation types of things or pe- things labeled as racial reconciliation types of things. And even when we're responding to that, we're getting away from the main topic. And it makes me sad because I want us to continue learning from people who are having real experiences. So, uh, and maybe, it, so you're talking about with the main re- main topic being reconciliation as opposed to maybe political things or sure yeah okay or i mean we see you know different types of reactions with whether it be riots or things like that or um you know tearing down things and i know a lot of people have different thoughts on that and it's like i I get that that that's happening and we don't want some of those things to happen but also man in the sense then we've now just shifted our 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 direction not towards um the main topic. I mean, we've kind of yeah. gotten into something completely different, and I don't know how the yeah, church and that's, can do it that's, that way. That's really sad, and I think what the church can do is remind us that the, the main topic in the end, focusing on Christ, and his focus was you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And when the main thing that I learned through this entire odyssey, and maybe this could cap it off, is just to say, you know what? In the end, the main topic is there's someone across the hall or across the room from me that looks different from me, that has a different background, and I need to be proactive about forming a loving relationship with them. And that's what I've taken away from it. And I've found that it's a joy to do. I mean, I've, I've, it, it's been a blast. I've, I've learned a ton. I've met a lot of really, really neat, cool people. And I think if we as Christian people were just to make that our goal, then a lot of the, you know, the political framework and the cultural upheavals that we're seeing uh, we'll be able to stay anchored and not lose our way in dealing with all those issues. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. That's what I was trying I, to get I, you I to say. That, that, yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's right. There you go. Um, no, thanks for saying that. Cause I, you know, as I, we actually just got out of um, this past week learning from the global leadership summit, which is one of our, our, you know, something that we do every year as a church. And I remember hearing something and I remember thinking of it, even in this context that you see um, good leaders, like there's always unity when there's good leaders there involved. And I think that the church has an opportunity to be a good leader yeah. um, in our community. And we hope to be that here. So yeah. again, yeah. And an example, hopefully to look at, and, and we do feel confident about that, that we can, we can model that in our community. I hope so. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of our conversation. Thank you for listening and learning with us. Um, We have some new things coming up on the podcast. We have some conversations that we're excited to be sharing with you and learning um, from some people here on our staff and some more things that Brett came up with a really great idea for the podcast coming up here later. So That was a really great idea. I can't wait to tell everybody about it. We're excited about it. So, yeah, keep (laughs) tuning in. Um, Again, use this time um, to... Um, email us in any questions thoughts things that are going on you know podcast at onelifechurch.org again you can watch um, any of these episodes on youtube just search for one life church um, or the one life app you can find those there as well you can listen or watch my mom every week calls me and she's like i listened and watched on your app does that help you yes it it does mom thank you very much so uh, again thank you guys so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time